This Warriors Live podcast 2023 featuring Fonzie, episode 19. I'm Will here with Fonzie, just the two of us here, uh, cleaning up a few loose ends, answering some Patreon questions that we haven't got to in the last couple of weeks. Uh, just a bit of a bonus Friday afternoon episode and a bonus for me to see your face twice in the same week, Fonz. Flattery will get you everywhere, Will. Um, G'day, everyone. Um, and I wouldn't call them loose ends either. There's some really good questions here, and I've been thinking about some of them um, through the week. So thank you for sending them through. Looking forward to answering them as best we can. Um, and uh, where do we kick off, Will? Nick Nick Phillips? Uh, yeah, well, that... did you want to... Um... We didn't really give you a chance to answer the uh, Nathan Brown question. Oh, the Brownie, yeah. You, you, um, who you was just, it? You just slandered Brownie for ten minutes. Yeah, and didn't much. get a right or reply. Um, <laughs> so, so, so yeah, the question was how to sum up. How would you sum up now that dust has settled and we've moved on? How would you sum up uh, Nathan Brown's legacy? Essentially, was the question. Yeah, it was a good question. Um, so, firstly, what you said in our last pod, I generally agree with, but. I do want to say that, you know, the, the way we've recovered so quickly suggests to me that he didn't do a lot. He couldn't have done a lot of deep harm. And, in fact, he might have done a bit of good that he isn't given credit for. Um, so <clears throat> the the analogy I might give is uh, if you've got a crap driver driving a car with a flat tyre, it can be hard to work out how much of it is the driver and how much of it is the tyre, right? And so I think during COVID, that's a flat tyre and Brownie's a driver and it's hard to work out how much is which and which. You you, you certainly didn't have Ayrton Senna driving the car, right? You know that. Um, and But you are also certain that there was something wrong with the car during the COVID period. And so um, I... I don't want to be too hard on him. And while we all agree Webster's a legend, and I think we were the first uh, people to have him on a long-form conversation and really get a sense of him, you know, nearly nine months ago, um, and and you know we could see straight away he was a gun. But I, he's no one's that much of a gun, right? Like if it was a total broken basket case, he wouldn't have been able to do what he's been able to do. So. Some mix of that regime, whether that's Hodges, Brownie, Cameron George, and so on. Um, I'll put my hand up. Gave them, I gave them a lot of shit. Eighty percent justified, ninety percent justified. By the way, um, but they did get us to the end of COVID in a point where a, a gifted, um, energetic guy like Webster could turn it around, which means what they handed him wasn't completely broken and so i just like when we judge brownie's tenure um you know pretty dark days but um also apparently he left something that could be fixed in four months you know what i mean um and so i I just want to sort of frame it that way um i also think that his him and the team's recruitment and retention decisions were quite close to what Webster would have done. Um, certainly, they handed Webster a roster um, that he could work with, and so I think that there was there were some good decisions made in amongst the bad during the Brownie era. I'm pretty sure Nicora and Walker were both signed under um, Brownie, 
And Walker's been an absolute masterstroke of recruitment. Nucora has been, um, you know, very effective. And then that that game model that we've got now of opening up the middle, ball playing through the middle, the first time I saw this club do that was against Penrith under Brownie um, in late 2021, where this exact thing we're doing now where we um, use those big guys through the middle, Egan's almost ball playing. It was Egan then, now it's more Walker and, um, and Tohu. But in terms of Brownie understanding the way the game was going and what you needed to do to do well in it, um, I think he he did get it. I, like, I think Brownie got it. I think the problem with Brownie was he couldn't enable our players to get it. You know, he couldn't yeah. explain to our players what needed to be done. And I think he had an audience that was tired, fatigued, and generally a bit shitty at the whole situation. So um, they probably weren't meeting him halfway either, you know, a lot of the time. So I don't know. Where, where does that leave me? Um, I think... You know, we can point to the fact that we had, as you did rightly, that we had some of the worst stats we've ever had as well, we have had as a club under Brownie. Um, but we also had some of the worst conditions to be coaching in that we've ever had as a club under Brownie. And, um, you know, Webster has been able to turn it around very, very fast, which tells me it could, the rot hadn't set very deep. There was, you know, some of these young kids like Corsi, for example, um, thrown in the deep end by Brown, but have come good. You know, that's a good example. So it wasn't it wasn't all dark. There was some there was some light and there were some good things done. And I just want to sort of make that put that out there. Yeah, well, it's easy to I think it's a bit easy to look back at it now that we are going well and have yep. turned it around quickly, but you can't underestimate how much of an impact being back at home has had. Yeah. On it. And yeah, and obviously you know, it's just clicked with Webster and and this crew. Whereas, you know, as you said, Brown came under uh, came in under some pretty difficult circumstances. Although I do think her tempering expectations from the start, you know, kind of summed up exactly where it ended up going. Uh, plenty of players went backwards, and but yeah, we've done it to death. You make some good points there, Fonz. Um, and I think we probably can. Let's let's move on just like move the club on. has. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Nick Phillips has rattled off quite a few good questions here. Um, good friend of the show. Um, the first one is uh, not so much worries related, but who is our Kiwis team one to seventeen if we were to ignore current injuries and suspensions to play a test match again, uh, next weekend? Um, he said, in terms of warriors, you'd have to chuck SJ in there on form. Chuck uh, CNK in the centres and Nukore. Um So yeah, we we had a little bit of a debrief just before to to uh, come up with a lineup. Uh, Fons, you've got it in front of you there. Yes, I'll start by saying g'day, Nick. Um, ho- hope you're well, mate. I had a beer with you when Will was in Sydney last time, and uh, we should do it again. Yeah, he's a good lad, Nick. Um, secondly, you don't mind throwing in a couple of pages worth of questions. Given half a shot, he's, he's dead set. He's, it's this is the Nick Phillips show. Around, Nick. <laughs> Nick, Nick Phillips show here. Um, all right, so I'll I'll do mine, and then you tell me where you differ. Will is yep. that a good way yeah, to yep. go? Yeah. Okay. Sure. All right. So start off. I'm going to keep Joey Marta at fullback because uh, I thought he did well in the World Cup, and I think we're a bit thin there. I, I've resisted the urge to play Chance there. I'd probably prefer to have Manu there. 
Yeah. You yep. with me? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, we're going one by one with the changes. Yep. No, no, got you there. Yeah, okay, sweet. Um, wingers, I'm going to do Mulitalo and I'm going to stick solid with Jordan Rapana. I agonised over that, but I think there's something he's bringing to the squad that's important. So that's my logic. What do you got, Wing? Um, I've gone with Jermaine Asako on form. Um, he has played for the Kiwis a bit, 2018-19. I uh, think has been outstanding this year, 12 tries, uh, double again last night, elite goal kicker. Um, yeah, I've, I've picked him ahead of a couple of um, more shaky options in Rapana and, and Dallin. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on form. On form, Osako's in better form, but um, my, my thinking was just he's, there's something about Raps, I reckon he, he, yeah, he does step up often, yeah, at test level. Yeah, and the boys, the boys are like, He's a scary-looking dude, you know. Like, I just feel like there's something valuable about him. Um, okay, so centres, I I want Chance in the side. He's played well at centre for us before, so I'd have Chance. Um, and I'd probably give um, Raider centre Timoko a call-up. I think he's he's playing well, and I think we need to blood some new guys through there. Yeah, yeah, I've got Timoko as well. Heku uh, is the incumbent, but is struggling for form at the moment and, yeah, probably at the end of his Kiwis tenure. And that might be two of us a check next year, by the way. That's true, so, yeah. Very much a chance. Yeah. Um, okay, here's the controversial one, halves. So if he wants it, I've got to play SJ um, at in the halves. And I, I, I'm not that fussed whether he's wearing seven or six, but I'd have him and Hughes as my halves, like maybe play him sided, give one left, one right, sort of share it around a bit. Because SJ and... Um, Nikorima, of all people, had a, a fantastic um, dynamic when they were playing, sharing the load and playing as kind of sharing the on-the-ball role back in, was it 2019, Tour of England? Um, uh, 2018, yeah. 2018, yeah. So I'd basically be getting that video out, showing Hughes and SJ that and going, hey, you two do that. You know, that would be um, how I'd do it. And that means I'm leaving Dylan Brown out, right, which is controversial. How would you do it? Uh, I've probably got... Johnson for sure at seven, but I think I go with Dylan Brown as more of a genuine six, six. ball runner, yeah. and Johnson is you're on your ball, on the ball doing ninety percent of the kick, and like he's doing for the Warriors, just follow that blueprint. I think that if we were to play Australia, for instance, I think that's uh, our best chance of beating them is having an informed SJ uh, just steering the ship. Yep, and so does that mean you've got um, Hughes on the bench? Or you leaving yes. him out? No, I think I'm going to go with Hughes as my 14. Uh, he's okay. done that role before for New Zealand to some success. Um, with some Man. success. And, yeah, I think that's where I'm going. It's a big call, putting Hughes on the bench. It is, but... yeah. But he is versatile. Um, it's I, I get you. Like, the compliment of Brown and Johnson is a better compliment than Hughes and Johnson. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. No, all good. So let's go... Let's go props. So we've got to do four. Uh, we'll do our prop bench as well. So I'm going to um, play the Penrith duo, Fish and Liotta, um, to start. And I'm going to go, I'm going to use uh, Tarpanair as a prop rather than a lock. So I'm going to go Tarpanair Nass as my bench. What do you got? Yeah, I, th- I think I go the same, but I'll have Jesse Bromwich, the incumbent captain. I'll stick solid with him. Are you going to play him on the bench or the starter? Uh, I think I'll start him. So who drops off? Uh, so, gonna... Leo, so Leota is, uh, sorry, Leota's 
out of that quartet for me. Out of All right. Team. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, hooker. I'm gonna. So I need to explain this a bit. So I'm gonna do. I want to play Brandon Smith at lock, rather than hooker. And because of that, I'm gonna. Well, and partly that's because I think Jerry, Jeremy Marshall King stepped up and is now a genuine um, rep level hooker. So I'm going to play JMK at hooker and Smith as my starting lock. How have you got that? Yeah, I'm going to go the same. Um, uh, you know, even if there wasn't an option to start Smith at lock, it'd be highly tempting to to have Marshall King as your hooker. He's been that good this year, and Smith's obviously struggled a bit uh, at the Roosters. He's always done a good job at test level, but yeah, just Marshall King is you know is is getting up towards that sort of top tier of nines this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and. Um, I just think the overall pack balance, like I've picked four big props and I want some um, more dynamic running and ball playing from 13, which is kind of the way the game's going. And I thought last year in the World Cup, the Kiwis, you know, I thought it was a very good side, but I imagine that pack, the dynamic of that pack in the NRL this year, and I feel like it'll be a bit heavy, you know. So um, Smith at 13 helps me do that. And there wasn't anyone else I... Thought had the broad range of skills at 13. And I think 13 is a critical position. Like it's as important as nine these days. So um, that's what I wanted to do. So edge back rowers, I'd play Papali'i and I'd play Maratha Nikore uh, from the Warriors as, as my two. Partly like with that smaller. Um, so I've gone quite defensive there. Like I know Papali'i's got a good carry, but I. I'd see them as big, solid edges, and it's part of the dynamic I'm going for in the pack. What What do you got? Yeah, I think I'm going to start uh, Nakara, um, mm-hmm. get that combination going with Sean Johnson again, and I'll have Nukora as my uh, bench back row. Okay. Offers a bit of backline cover as well, and yeah. But again, not, not fussed on, on where they sort of line up. Yes, I've got the same in the sense I've got Nikora on my bench. So I've just flipped, we've flipped Nikore and Nikora yeah. um, between the two. So then that leaves my bench to um, run through it as Tarpane, Nas, Nikora. And this is where I struggled, right? Because I want to, I want to like a versatile um, middle forward as my other player, but I just think the Kiwis are a bit short on that. So yeah. I, was, I was nearly looking at getting Kenny Bromwich in there because um, he gives me a bit of utility value and can play sort of middle role in a pinch. But um, I, to be fair, I, I'm probably still um, still working through that. So h- how does your bench stack up? Yes, yeah, so I've got Hughes at 14 with uh, the two other props. Was it Asafa Solomona and Tapane and uh, yep. and then Nukore. Um You wouldn't think about, if given he's fit and playing like he was before he got injured, Jazz Tavanga, thinking about him as your... Kind of instead of Kbrom, yeah. Well, I mean, is he Samoa or is he Kiwis these days as uh, well? I don't know if he's ever um, made the call. Of, yeah. yeah, because it, because he hasn't quite been in the Kiwis frame before. You could do worse than Jazz. I don't know. I need to think yeah. about it. I'd love Nick, to see I, him Nick, I'm saving. I'm saving one spot up my sleeve, mate. I I just can't make that call, but. Um, I, I think the balance of my team needs someone who can play middle, but who can also um, sort of give me some versatility. And so 
I mean, Cape Brom, Jazz, someone like that. But it does feel a bit like the Kiwis are a ball. Like if so, I should also say if Tohu was available, because I'm assuming he's not available, right? Because I he hasn't played for the Kiwis in years, and I'm assuming that's yeah. going to stay the same. But if he was available, he would be my um, ball playing thirteen, and then that Absolutely. would yeah yeah, and then I'd have to move probably cheese to nine and JMK would be that other bench spot and then it's sorted. So if Tohu plays, then it's a very simple decision for me. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think we've gone through that with a fine-tooth comb. <laughs> um, next up from Nick, and just just on uh, Nick Phillips as well, I was um, doing a little bit of research for my Canterbury Rugby League role and just happened to Notice uh, Nick Phillips scoring a try for Horsville Hornets back in around circa 2013. So he's actually a premier grade footballer over in uh, in Canterbury here. Um, and actually, after I hit him up about it, because he's too humble to have brought it up himself in the past, um, he actually got a run for the Canterbury team um, as a late call-up, um, I think in Wellington, about 10 years ago as well. So handy footballer by the sounds of it as well, Nick. Nick doesn't know this, but um, one of the scouts for the Roosters here, who's a mate of mine, told me that he actually was looking at footage of Nick back in the day and was was in a sweat to offer him a very lucrative contract. But you know, so a few things got in the way and it didn't quite happen. So yeah, no, Nick's. It was uh, out of him and Takayaho, was it? When something was, like that. Yeah. yeah. And and Takayaho answered the email first. I think <laughs> Nick, Nick bounced. He had an old Hotmail email account. Yeah, oh, no. Sliding yeah. doors, mate. Yeah. Uh, next, next up from Nick is uh, his question is, who is a realistic prospect for a mid-season pickup, including player swap deals, e.g. Serenant, to bolster our squad coming to the second half of the season? Love this question. Um, not too sure about the answer, but I do have a few Uh Possibilities. Yeah. Have you got anyone that uh, well, jumps out at you? I was pissed when Para picked up Joe Offengali. Mm, like perfect. perfect. Yeah. Um, obviously, didn't want to move to NZ. I'd imagine, and maybe we didn't have the money for him. But yeah, that that would have been um, ideal in terms of roster balance. I mean, I'll tell you the other one though that I think's firming by the day. Um, RTS. Yes. RT- RTS landing end of June. I mean, to me, that's that's firming by the day at the moment. Yeah, left out of the Blues 23 altogether, uh, not for the first time. Um, yeah, seems to be a very long odds to make the World Cup squad. You know, but why he must be sitting there not getting a game in Auckland, probably looking at the prospect of, I don't even know if he would play in the NPC for Auckland, whether he'd bother if, he's, if he doesn't make the World Cup, why would you? So, you know, why not? switch now be part of something potentially bit special this year uh in a position where we're a bit light on top quality um yeah he might take a bit of time to adjust again but geez i'd, I'd love to run him around in new south wales cup for a week or two at center and and uh fast track him into first grade if he's if he's um up to it no disrespect to rock or berry because everyone knows who listens to this pod that i like and have pushed his barrow for a long time, but forget about New South Wales Cup, mate. If if RTS is back tomorrow, he's playing on the weekend, and Rockleberry's playing New South Wales yeah. Cup. I'll tell you that for sure. And um, hey, NRL Volandis, I know you listen to this, mate. Um, you, you owe us about ten solids. One of them you can do is give us dispensation 
to bring yeah. RTS back on a minimum wage deal in the cap for the rest of the year because we only lost him because of COVID and the sacrifice we made. Right, That's the only reason we lost him when we did. We lost half a season of RTS because of COVID and us being in Australia. So can you give us half a season of RTS back cap-free? Right, It'd be a nice little gesture. And it also helps in terms of league positioning versus union. So, Pete, mate, honestly, it's an easy give. Do it. Tell them. Ring Cam tomorrow and say, if you want to bring RTS back, you get dispensation for the rest of the year. He's not in your cap. Bring him home now. Yeah, great. Uh, great plea there, Fonz. I'd love to see that happen. Um, obviously, the area that we're probably a bit thin on at least injury influence is uh, we could do with another middle forward for the rest of the year, probably. Do you think? Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, we've been saying that for about a, about two years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, but I haven't been able to sort of really track down no. a realistic. Like, there's a there's you, know, you could go a Zane Musgrove from the Dragons. He's a Kiwi. No. Um, you know, just for some depth and experience. Um, there's nothing but, there, mate. I, I looked at it as well. If if I was going to do something there, I'd um. You know, it depends how we go because I, I, I'm increasingly thinking this year's this year's real. You know, I think this year's yeah. real. But um, like Mayu, who is in cup, who is definitely not ready. But I'm increasingly thinking, would I just put him on a development contract, which makes him first grade eligible, and then just give him a run in some games to get some, um, you know, some minutes under his belt in first grade this year? I'm, I'd probably rather do that than bring in just an absolute journeyman. You know, he's yeah. not going to move the dial. To, be, to fill in a roster spot and, and then we have to potentially take care of him next year or something. Yeah. Uh, because he wouldn't come for, you know, just six months. Um, exactly. And, you know, we, we do have a few options in our New South Wales Cup team if they're good enough. I haven't paid too much attention to how James Gavitt is going, but he's obviously got that experience there and he's a big, tough rooster. Um, you know, a few of those other guys, obviously, Sifakul is getting another run off the bench this week, could improve. Um yeah, um, more of a back a second row type, but Kalani going was in the Never in was. the um, you know in, on the extended bench a few times. Um, yeah, we might just be able to muddle through, and hopefully we just get some of these guys back. You know, if, if Jazz is fit, Barnett's fit, then you know it's not long. Walker Walker's back. There's not long before we've we've sort of got surplus Fords again. So, actually, yeah. can I just quickly um, shout out to five and last on the NZ Warriors forum, um, who um, occasionally has a crack at me, but, geez, this guy knows his <laughs> footy, right? Um, so full respect. And he pointed out that Sifakula actually played, I think it was some fullback. Um, oh, and wow. so, Yeah, so so he actually said that he sees Sifakula as a potential long-term Tohu Harris replacement. Right, that that big body through the middle, but who actually has the ball skills and the creativity? And I didn't know that. I just saw him as a hard running kind of player. So um, just just one to be aware of, because that that poster five and last, he's very very um, uh, competent in his understanding of the junior ranks. So that, that's worth keeping an eye on. Uh, good to know. Um, there's another one that I sort of wanted to bring up, and I don't know if it's a realistic uh, pick up for us mid season, but. Over at the Sharks, playing for Newtown Jets most of the time because they're just absolutely flush with outside backs is Kyle Ar- uh, Ero. Uh, yeah, right. uh, Kevin's yeah. son. He's a Warriors junior, was was pretty handy in the under-20s and stuff, and obviously that got upset a bit during COVID. 
lobbed up with the Sharks, um, has looked very good in his limited first grade opportunities and by all accounts carves up anytime he's in New South Wales Cup, can play fullback, wing or centre at a very good level. Um, yeah, obviously with Roger coming back and you know Pompey's still unsigned with re-signed Montoya, that sort of thing, still got a few other young guys as well. It's probably not realistic, but that's a guy that I wouldn't mind looking at and might come because... Um, you know, when Connor Tracy's um, not even a first choice in the three-quarter line, you know, they're pretty well stacked. Um, yeah, and if we yeah. weren't getting, and just on that, if we weren't getting Roger back, I'd be uh, throwing a fair bit of cash at Connor Tracy to come over and be our number one centre as well. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I'd really like to know why K.L. Iro isn't at the club now, right? Um yeah, is, is that was that a club decision? Was that a mm. player decision? Was it a COVID thing? Yeah, or is it um, he doesn't want to be at the club when his family's there? You know, like he wants to do it his own way. I'm I'm really curious about that. Mm. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I can't really see too many viable mid-season pickup options that are gonna be worth it for us. Other than if we can somehow get Roger back here. Uh, before June 30. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, next one from Nick is um, yeah, a very specific one about Josh Curran. Has Josh Curran peaked given his current form? And, the, and this was sent a few weeks ago, so yeah, I, don't, I guess not too much has changed since then. Um, given current form, or can, or can he go to another level? Or, and also, is he a second row, or is Harris playing lock rather than prop, preventing him from playing in a position that he is that he has arguably had better success in. You want um, me to go? Yeah, you go. I think you're probably better qualified to uh, sum this one up. I've got my, my own thoughts, but... Yeah, no, no, certainly not better qualified. But um, so I think uh, the way Webby's got this team playing is that the 13 needs to be a ball player. He's, he's a ball player to running, running middle forwards and Curran's not a ball player. He's a runner. And so because of that, He's not a 13 in a Webby coach team. Um, and he's more likely to be um, an edge forward or, funnily enough, a prop in the Tavanga-type mould. Um, so that's where I think he sits. Has he peaked? Um, I, I, I think um, the games where I've seen Curran exceed his current form, it's almost like he's been in beast mode. Like he's missed it mm. everywhere. He's he's the energizer bunny. He's um, you know that real mix of um, aggression, skill, fitness, and so on. I'm not sure how sustainable that is. You know, I'm not sure if you can do that for extended periods every week. Um, there was a game. Was it Sharks when he came on with 20 to go and just basically. Um, you know, we held him back, held him back, and he was a big part of our surge over the edge there. Mm, changed the game with some effort plays. Yeah, I'm thinking that's where Curran is in in a full strength team. Potentially, he's a benchy, um, where that that mix of energy and that versatility, where at a pinch he can play middle, but not as a ball player, or he can play edge. Um, I'm thinking that's where he is. So has he peaked? Oh. I think I think some of the games or some of the periods in games he's had are as good as he's gonna get, 
The question is how to best use him and get that out of him for the most minutes, if that makes sense. Yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I think your uh, summary of the role that he is or should be playing is, is spot on. Uh, you know, you just can't put him ahead of anyone else at the moment. He's vying with, for that other second row spot with uh, with uh, Jackson Ford, who's you know can play 80 and similar type of player in some ways. Super hard working, super hard running, aggressive, but probably a a more sort of ferocious defender, I guess you'd say. Um, but they are quite similar in a lot of ways. Um, you mm. know, dangerous ball runners on the edge. Um, I'd have no problem if he sort of forced his way into that starting team. Um, as mm. far as if he's peaked, I was when the fan base was sort of enamoured with him in 2021, I was probably a bit more hesitant. Um, thought that it, you know, only really had a handful of really standout games as much as he had come on under Nathan Brown um, and last year plateaued a little um, and and yeah, found himself back in the queue a little bit this year, but I think he can still be better more consistently than he is, but I don't think he's got a, you know, a super high ceiling. I don't kind of think he has the natural gifts to explode like Papa Lee did at, at the Eels last, at the last couple of years or anything like that, but you know, valuable club man. I've, I've enjoyed what I've seen from him this year. I guess I was a little bit, maybe personally, just, you know, a little bit off him with the whole, you know, speculation. Maybe him and SJ were at loggerheads a little bit yeah. and yeah, uh, just didn't like a couple of things that I was sort of seeing. But, yeah, you know, he's he's a team man and um, happy to have him in the 17. I think he gets in the 17. Yeah, so like my, my ideal 17 at the moment has, if everyone's fit and available, actually has... Ford missing out, unfortunately, and it has Barnett and Nyokore as my edge players and Curran as my benchy who will do a job at edge for 30 minutes. That's yep. my best 17 at the moment. Um, no disrespect to Ford. I think he's awesome, but I, I just can't um, squeeze in the other forwards that I want in the roles that I want with him yep. there. So, yeah, I mean, Curran's in my best 17 right now. Yeah. Um, uh, next, we've still got a couple more from Nick to go. Uh, love this one. Can Andrew Webster win a premiership next year with his current squad plus Roger and a prop to start with AFB? I don't know if we're going to get that extra prop from anywhere. Uh, if not, what further changes do we need to the squad? Um, I, I might kick off here. Yeah, I think please. that I definitely think we're a premiership smoky, not like a you know frontline contender, but I think we can win the comp next year. If we can go to week two, say, this year, even just make the finals, that's a huge, huge step forward from, you know, we've made one finals game in the past 12 seasons, is it? Um, just to get to the eight would be a massive achievement, far greater than anyone thought we would go at the start of the year. If we can go a bit further, so much the better, but more finals experience for the squad. Uh, with a lot of guys that haven't played a lot of finals footy, Chuck Roger in there and, and the improvements that we'll see from a lot of these guys that are sort of having career years. Um, I think that, yeah, there's no reason why we can't win the comp next year. So what what assumption are you making about our halves and our hooker next year? Uh, my assumption is that 
everyone's staying and SJ will be playing seven. I don't think we can win the comp if he leaves. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, probably should have added that. And I think, you know, and that's also probably with Egan as our number nine and hopefully a bit uh, more regularly on the field than he is this year. But otherwise, I'm fairly comfortable with with the squad. Another prop would be great, but, you know, yeah. Tom Arley comes on a bit. Barnett's fit and healthy and adds to that balance. Yeah. So I reckon, I agree, I think we can challenge for a comp if all of these things happen. One, SJ extends and stays in current form and doesn't get injured. Two, Egan stays on the field. Um, three, Tohu stays on the field. Yeah. And four, Adam Fenor blake stays on the field. And then you just get um, the level of growth you'd hope for through the rest of the squad. I think we're challenged with a comp. But that's four things. And and any of those four might not happen. Right. Yeah. But a lot of a lot of other teams are in the same boat. Like there's 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 most teams you could list some things that would determine whether or not they get a challenge. Um so that's not a, a knock, but I do think like SJ is a massive question mark and Egan is a massive question mark at the minute. And Torhu has missed chunks of time in the last couple of years. And if AFB goes, I know Nick's question assumes we get another prop in, but there's props and then there's AFB. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's he's man. So yeah, I, I suppose um, in perfect health, everything going our way, I think I do think we can challenge for a comp next year. But um, there's a lot of water to flow under the bridge before we get there. Uh, last question from Nick. Uh, if all our centres and wingers were off contract at the end of the year, A, which ones are we keeping, letting go? B, who are you bringing in? Um, yeah, I'd, uh, I don't know. I could just about let Barry go if, if this is the sort of base level performance we're getting. Um, otherwise, there's not really anyone else that would be that happy to let go. I mean, I'd even re-sign Pompey at this point. Um, but it's yeah, a, but, but, but it depends. Like, I mean, if we had the opportunity opportunity to say bring in Kyle Edel or Connor Tracy, uh, you know, I'd, I'd do that at the expense of just about any of them except for Roger. Um, yeah, I mean, Nick, like with with all respect, like who am I bringing in? Well, can I bring in Tom Travoyage to play center? You know what I mean? Like, so so let's so RTS. I, I it's clear he's going to play center. So that's one spot locked down. So then I've got to find the other one. So you've got Pompey, you've got Valia, depending on how you look at him. You've got Montoya, um, you've got Berry, you've got Viliame already signed. One's got to go. One's got to go right um, out of that. So. I think um, at this point, um, Berry's being preferred by the coaching staff to Vilea because of defensive issues. Um, so at this point, if I had to let one go um, out of Berry and Vilea, I'd let Vilea go. I don't think we're going to have a go at that, but um, that's what I'd do. And then, but if I could let one go overall, it's Braden Williamu because he's at the end of his career, you know. Give him, give him whatever he's due in terms of money and move him on because then, you know, we want the future to come through. Um, yeah. But I, I actually don't think centre's going to be a problem once we've got Rog. Like at the moment, the problem is we've got two spots there and 
you know, they're they're both borderline sort of first graders. Um, I think once Rogers there and you got strike like out and out strike on one side, all I need is someone who can hold up their end defensively on the other side. I'm hoping that's going to be Barry. Uh, this is wingers too as well, and you know, but we've sorry, signed, Nick, didn't we've really. signed so many of them a long term, but you know, there's no one there that um would be crushed to lose. Maybe Montoya more than any of them. Um, if we were to get someone better, I could happily let any of the others go. But I don't think that happens. I think there's probably areas of greater uh, priority now that we've got Roger coming in. That three-quarter line looks a bit more stable. Yeah, and like I mean, I agree. So you look at we've got Cosi, uh, who's like a yardage power winger. We got Montoya, who is, you know, a bit of a, a mixture, but massive effort kind of player. Um, not silky. He's not silky, but he's tough, you know, and edgy. And then you've got Dallin, who's your your fast, more error-prone kind of player. I think between what's there, we've got enough. I don't think we need to worry about wing. There's enough there. There's three first graders there, all with their flaws and their strengths, but we don't need to go and find wingers. And there'll be there'll be more coming. And yeah, I think our, the guys we do have in the centres are some of them are versatile enough to chuck on a wing if there's an injury crisis. And I yep. will say it's been the area that I've been whinging about for a few years is centre and wing, our depth there and quality. Um, I feel a lot better about it now, even without Roger, than I did at the yep. start of the year. Cossey come on leaps and bounds. I think even Pompey has gone up in my estimation. Montoya has again after a strong couple of years. Dallin even at, at times has, you know, impressed me. So, yeah. Yeah. It's looking all right out there. Um, so thanks, Nick, for that barrage of questions, mate. Um, we hey, love send, it. send more anytime, Legend. Yeah. I only taking the piss. Send more. Um, Ben Debs has got just the one question. Um, what's your starting halves when SJ goes? Um, how do, I.e., how does uh, Tamari Martin fit in with the two young guys long term and now Chanel? This was yeah. uh, written before Chanel came. Um, and if SJ were to go at the end of this year, do you think uh, TMM has the control as a senior half? Or are we looking at another 2019 slash more pressure goes on Tohu and Egan? It's a good point, that last one, I think. Um, yeah. It would be a bit. 2019-ish, if Sean was to go where we were muddling along with Blake Green and couldn't, and Kearney couldn't settle on Kieran or uh, or Chanel, which you know was tough, was too rocky number seven, so probably in a better spot than that. It's it's a really good question, this, um, and thanks Ben for for asking it, mate. So okay, so um, currently we're a team that you know plays. More than most teams, although it's a trend in the NRL, but more than most teams through the middle third of the field, a lot of our shape, our attack comes through that because that's a strength of the squad. Um, now, if you take SJ out of that, right, you're right. I think the emphasis is going to be even more on that middle third. Um, and back to that point around Toru, AFB, Egan, how fit are they? You know, that, that I think that, definitely sort of creates a pressure point into next year, like as a sort of Toho and AFB or Toho in particular gets older. It, who's going to be the six and seven next year if I assume SJ's not there or 
take it out one year and assume. I think so. Volkman's clearly the seven. He's been anointed the seven. Um, he'll get the first shot at seven, and he's the right kind of player for that. Then I can't. You know, there's that Temare versus Metcalf issue, and I, I actually think Metcalf is has the highest ceiling. He has a higher ceiling than Temare, but Temare is a very solid effort player, very good defensively. So, if if I were looking right now and imagining 2024 with SJ playing. I would probably play Metcalf next to him because I've got the stable old head there and then I've got Metcalf, the speed star, the young guy, and then he's learning off Sean and playing with Sean. But if SJ goes and it's Volkman, I probably want Temato there because I want him as the stable, steady old head in the halves helping Volkman learn. So, um, yeah, I, th I think it's, it's one of those things where if this happens and that happens and if this happens and that happens, you know, that, that's probably my take. Cool. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's a tough puzzle. Um, none of the options are quite good enough to be satisfied, but none of the options are bad enough that you'd rule it out. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think that Martin and Metcalf are definitely sixes. Um, I actually don't. Looking at it personally, and if SJ is not there, I wouldn't mind Chanel and Metcalf getting a crack as your six and seven. Uh, just just purely thinking that Volkman isn't quite going to be there. And I think, you know, obviously Chanel's had that year off, but I think he would, might be a better seven right at the minute. Um, a little bit like that um, Chanel-Cody combination that, that mm. had a bit of success under Peyton when we started coming home with a wet sail in 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, let's just hope SJ goes around again, eh? Yeah, so my, my take on Chanel, I've had a bit more time to think about it. Um, I don't think round one next year he's going to be – I'm not expecting him to be a first-grade half round one next year is yeah. my take. So I'm not including him in my analysis like that. I'm, like he might end up there somewhere, but for now I think he's probably an ideal benchy round one next year and first drop half. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's 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 you know to that earlier question from Nick, are we going to challenge next year? This whole halves puzzle needs to be resolved before you can really make a call on that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that question, Ben Deeps. Um, now, Danzo, um, one of our new uh, Patreon subscribers. So thank you again, Danzo, for coming on board, mate. Uh, he said, hey, boys, who is one player from New South Wales Cup you would want to see have a crack at first grade before the end of the season? We've kind of mentioned a couple of guys. Um, Fonz, Mau, Mau is, uh, is he one that you'd like to see get a run? Um, like, I mean, he's not first grade ready, but he's got. The, it looks to me like he probably will be a first grader. So I wouldn't mind seeing, yeah, if, if you know, if we're like, Let's say we're not going to make the eight at the back end of the year and we want to just give him a run. I'd be keen to see how he goes. Or if we get a couple of injuries, we put him on development, bring him up. He'd be worth a look. I've got um, something about that dude is just watching him. Like he's not, he's like I said, he's not a first grader now, but something about him tells me, yeah, I think there's something there. Um, what else? I think um, I haven't seen... 
I haven't seen enough out of our um, other than Tolpiki, the the reserve grade spine, the cup spine, to make me think any of them are anywhere near where we want them to be. Um, so I'm not looking there. Uh, I'm probably looking um, Ali Letawa uh, maybe at centre. But again, it's too early. I'd, it'd be more just curiosity. I do wonder though, does this question mean from cup across the comp? Or just in our team? Uh, I think it? just from our squad. Yeah, okay. Have you got anyone? So yeah, so the answer the answer is I think sorry. Um the answer is I think that we've already had to dip into the well a bit because of all our injuries and we've you know, Sifukula was the guy um yep. who's come up. And beyond that, it'd more just be blooding them rather than because I think any of them are first grade ready. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I guess the, the first thing would be to say, I kind of hope none of these guys get a run because that means our injury toll has got even worse than it already is, um, which would be a little bit disastrous. But f from purely curiosity or, uh, I guess, from a spiritual standpoint, uh, I'd quite like to see Kalani going get a NRL debut. I grew up on um, Northland Rugby. Uh, going is the most famous name that you can get from up there. I'm from up there um, and he is, uh, I think he's one of the the famous trio of going brothers, grandsons or something like that. I can't quite remember how it fits in, but he's very much from that bloodline. He's played for Northland um, and yeah, a bit of a late bloomer. He's what, 27 or so, goes hard. Um, enjoyed what I've seen from in New South Wales Cup and yeah, if he was to fill a gap, this year at some point for, for whatever reason I'd be stoked for him um, and from yeah curiosity perspective I'd be pretty excited if say Leotawa or even Orcastino or um, Moala Graham Talfa got a call up in the back line there to see what they could do explosive types big uh, big units with um, a fair bit of strike I don't definitely don't think they're ready but yeah guys that I wouldn't mind seeing in first grade Beautiful. Yeah. And uh, onto our last patrons' questions. We've got a couple here, a couple of quick ones. Uh, now, Tim Gore, I've had a fair bit of contact with over the years. Good fella, come on board as a patron fairly recently. Uh, with another incoming hyphenated name, a last name in Chanel Harris DeVita, will be, this be the Warriors team with the most hyphenated names ever? And does that add to better outcome? in games i'll let you um answer the second part of that question fons but i'm going to have to um embarrass timmy here uh because i've done the research on this and if he if he went back to 2021 he would have realized that four of our five hyphenated names next year were at the club in 2021 um that was the only one missing was cnk Yep. And we also, uh, during that year, had Ben Murdoch Masilla and um, ah, one other. Who was the other one? There oh, was wait. one more. You, you, no. you're, you're the train spotter here, dude. I've got no idea. <laughs> Hang on. Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, no, so we've got Ben, yeah, Ben, ben Murdoch Benny, Masilla. Ben and, and yeah. Um, yeah, so it was Ben, Roger, Chanel, Adam. Dallin and uh, um, Jermaine Tarnall-Brown. 
Oh, right. Beautiful. Was Dallin, yeah. Dallin was there 21? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uh, yeah. came mid-season, mid-season, I believe. There you go. So we had the sixth then, um, and I did do a bit of digging. Um, I couldn't find any other squads with six. It's become quite the uh, the trend in the last decade. The 2013-14 Roosters had five with Roger, Wider Hargraves, um, Frank Paul Nuasala, Sean Kenny Dow, and there's a bit of a cheap one. It's more of a double barrel. Sonny B. Williams, no hyphen in there, but double barrel. Yeah, it counts. Yep. The 2016 Panthers had uh, the Watini's Lesniak brothers, uh, Corey Hadawetanaita, James Fisher-Harris, and Regan Campbell-Gillard. That was just the five. So, yeah, the 2021 Warriors might have it. And just another bit of trivia, there's those six guys and just one more with a hyphenated name to ever play for the Warriors in first grade, and that was Raymond Faitala Mariner. Fantastic. So, so yeah, it's quite interesting. Six of the seven all-time, um, yeah, Warriors will be in that squad, or were in that squad. There's no one else in the world who actually would have researched other clubs to answer that question, Will. So very well done. Um, so will it make an impact on the field? Look, I think definitely. The reason is if you've got a double-barrel hyphenated name, right, that means all your life people have been calling you by the wrong name or getting it confused or tripping over it, and that gives you something to prove, and that makes you a better footy player. And I think that's that's been proven um, scientifically. So <laughs> I think I think that's that's definitely the case. And also, all the dudes who have the double barrel names are good players. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point as far as those particular batch of players. Is it kind of do you think it's kind of like, you know, all those Olympic champions that have those, you know, difficult backstories. They grew up with polio or something and then they win a gold medal, that just that kind of vibe, they rise from adversity. Hey, if you're shit, no one's calling you by three names, right? They don't have time <laughs> for that rubbish. All right. So yeah. so I think that's that's definitely true. Yeah, my um, main my main concern was, um, you know, you, the Warriors, they're the only team that has to go back and forth to Aussie. They're filling in those departure and arrivals cards up to 13 times a year, going over there and back. That's 26 mm-hmm. times filling in that uh, arrivals and departures cards. That's got to take a toll over the course of a season. Yeah, and it probably, it probably weeds out the time wasters. Like if, if, <laughs> if, if you've got a triple barrel name and you're thinking about getting a gig at the Warriors and you think that through, you're like, I mean, I'm not going there. You know what I mean? So yeah. like you're committed See, uh, yeah. to, to, to filling out 27 boxes on that arrival. So you think it's a positive, it's like a, a filtering system for the guys that are actually going to put in for the club. It's self-selection, yeah. 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 Nice. Um, and our last question, also from Tim. What's the chances of this Warriors life meet and greet at Magic Round next year? Well, obviously there'll be a pretty rigorous vetting process, but um, if if Brad and I make the trip, which we're definitely at this stage super keen on, we'll be there and uh, put a bit of a a tentative shout out to um, anyone in Brisbane that wants to come and have a beer for sure. Definitely be, be a bit low key. Won't be, uh, you know, won't be shouting it from the rooftops or hiring out the Brisbane Town Hall or anything. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have a bloody beer with you guys for sure. How many you, selfies? Are you going to come? How many selfies do you reckon you'll do, Will, when you go? Um, sure. Just, just 
Yeah. Are you on Insta? You're gonna you're gonna smash Insta with 300 <laughs> selfies or something? No, I reckon I'll take between uh, zero and ten selfies. selfies. And probably yeah. I'll let you guess which uh, which end of that scale I'll be closer to. Um, Fonz, are you gonna come and join us for the full-on thruple experience? Given so, Brad, mate, you haven't even met Brad in real life. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I've seen a fair bit of him. Um, so give you an insight into my personal life. So. My, um, I've got an uncle, uh, like as in he's my nana's brother who lives in Queensland, um, who I'm very, like, really tight with. He's an absolute legend. Um, whenever we're in the same city, we have a, have a really good night together and chill out and stuff. And for the last, my, my firstborn was born five years ago. For the last five years, so I've got an, an uncle as well from Sydney who flies up to Queensland every year for Origin. Like, so those two get together for yep. Origin. And for the last five years, I haven't gone. And the reason I haven't gone is because I've got a young family and it's just a bit too hard between work and young family for me to piss off midweek and, and go and do that stuff. Um, so what's the point of all that? The point of all that is... Um, I would love to go up and do magic round with this warrior's life, but um, to date, I haven't been able to get up and spend time with you know what is basically a bit of a family boys thing up yeah. there for Origin. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But we'll, it, we'll it, incorporate it, it them is... into our magic round celebrations. Yeah, they're not they're not big on the Warriors, mate. Just quietly, <laughs> like they face... they must have an NRL team, though. They and, get around and, it, and they have about sixteen they clubs. Have, they have loud voices and strong opinions, and uh, <laughs> I think I we're too. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, I'd have to choose family over fans, right? And pretty <laughs> pretty soon in into the scrap. Um, look, let's see, let's see. If you boys are going, if you boys are dead set going, because you guys have talked it up and not done it before. If if you boys are dead set gonna go, um, I reckon I can make something work. Yeah. And and if we're gonna do it, then absolutely love to have you know everyone come and meet and greet. There's other warriors content creators who do stuff up there, um, and we we might not be able to do as many selfies as they do, but you'd be able to um, come and chill and have a beer and have a chat. So yeah, we'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, no, that looks like the uh, other creators do have some really big catch-ups at Magic Round, actually, again, they did it this year, and, and good on them for being so organised and getting a, getting around it like that. Um, oh, but if, 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 if I went to Magic Round, um, I would 100%, like, my priority would be to catch up with whoever from yeah. you know, our, our community wants to, wants to be there. And to be honest, like, if any of you are in Sydney going to a game, like just hit me on Twitter, um, just DM me and tell me about it because I go to a lot of the Sydney games and um, I don't go to all of them. But like, if you want to have a schooner somewhere, Jesus, like it's a, it gives me a good excuse from a missus to say, you know, so and so is here from NZ or wherever. Like, absolutely, just just tell us. Yeah, yeah, ditto that anyone in uh, in Canterbury, um, well overdue to have a beer with. Few of the listeners here, so um, hey, um, before you go, last thoughts you've had a few days to percolate on it. We're we gonna win tomorrow, yeah. I'm um, trying not to think too deeply about it 
really I am a little bit nervous to be honest. I think we it's need a, a good fucking s- banana skin game, man. Yeah, we need a good start. I think if we kind of muddle around at the start and then you know we don't put a few points on when AFB's out there, that you know Broncos' tails are up a bit and you know they do have Reynolds, they got Esbraman, they got plenty of strikeout wide still. Um, it's not going to be easy if we don't get off to a good start, particularly. So, but yeah, awesome. I still think we win. I think if Johnson, Adam, Torhu play like they have been, that's enough for us to, to find a way. I was thinking this week, like we're, we're all excited as a fan base about Metcalf coming up. Like, yep. if you ask the average Aussie NRL fan, you said, "Oh, there's this Luke Metcalf guy, and here's the the five guys the Broncos are debuting." Metcalf would be like fifth or sixth in that order of like who's an exciting debut, right? So, yeah. like, let's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm increasingly thinking this is a banana skin game, but um, I also think, you know, that this side is, is going to, I'm increasingly thinking the side is going to do really well in the back end of the year, the Warriors, but I'm also, less confident about this particular game. I think yeah. this has disaster written on it. Yeah, it's two points I desperately want, that's for sure, because it's a big yeah. swing. Get, being able to join the Broncos on 16 points, you know, and then a couple of games before our next buy, it'll just be, you know, we lose this. It's four of our last five. It's not and I, quite so rosy. I read your rivalry article today, Will, that you put out. Um, this is our rivalry. Like, yeah. I mean... You know, like they've manufactured the Melbourne one through Anzac Day, but if you've been real, this is the rivalry. I think it's it's New Zealand, it's Auckland versus Brisbane. Yeah, game one, uh, you know, round one, ninety five. It's always special. Yep. They were the you know the heavyweight team. It took us seven years to beat them. Um, it is always special. I think when it, when these two clubs come together, bit of the sting out of it being Origin time, but yeah, certainly was something about seeing. That maroon and and gold on the other side of the of the field to us, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks again to our patrons first of all for sending all your great questions over the last few weeks. Sorry it's taken so long to churn through them all, but again, thanks for your support and your engagement, and everyone else who's listening. Um, and certainly a massive thanks again to our new sponsors, Kings Container Crew. Uh, just come on board this week. Great fellas, long-time supporters of the show and big supporters of the Warriors, not just as fans, but also getting behind the club with uh, with uh, sponsorship-type things as well. So we're really proud and excited to have them on board. They've got, uh, they've got headquarters in Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth, Auckland and Christchurch. Uh, jobs going, so go to kingscontainercrew.com. That's kings with a Z instead of an S. All the links are in our show notes um, and uh, social posts for for the podcast as well. Uh, you can't miss it. Links on the on the homepage of the website. So if you're looking for a job with those boys, hit them up on the Work With Us tab and get stuck in. Get your application in. Uh, you won't regret it. Bloody good boys, you, by the sounds of it. Well, at least you know they're Warriors fans, and and it's yeah. a tri- triple barrel name, right? Triple barrel name. Yeah, KCC. Oh, so, KCC. So there you go. You know it's going to be good. Exactly. Uh, enjoy the weekend, Fonz, and everyone else out there. I hope you've enjoyed this little bonus. It's actually longer than our midweek <laughs> spot, I think, in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks to you, Fonz, for your time, mate, on this no, Friday afternoon. Cheers, Better go and have some uh, tea, I reckon. Tea? Dinner. Dinner.
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we used to probably, you've still got a couple of hours of work to go. It's, I'm going to have about five, here, five schooners is what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, enjoy, well, mate. Enjoy the game. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch up with in some incarnation of the TWL crew next week. Cheers, legends. <laughs>